evening and welcome to 48 Shades of Football, uh, everyone's favourite K-League podcast. Um, my name is Mark, I'll be your host tonight. I'm joined tonight with, uh, not with, but by Paul. Also, I would like to add that tonight's... You're joined with me. <laughs> I'm joined with you, yes. Tonight's podcast is sponsored by Asahi and Saki. So we apologise if by the end it gets a little bit... In Carlsberg. So we apologise if by the end it gets a little bit like two 14-year-old schoolgirls giggling in the corner. So you said that this is everyone's favourite Kaylee podcast. It's probably the only one. Do, do you think we'll get a, a prize in our upcoming awards? Well, seems to be a writing awards. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you think we'll win every prize going? <laughs> Maybe we'll get a runners-up prize at least, yeah. Okay, tonight we're probably going to focus mainly uh, on the FA Cup final, which is coming this Saturday. Uh, Paul will obviously talk a little bit about his beloved soul. Uh, you probably heard the intro music there. Uh, it was obviously because, unfortunately, for for Paul at least, uh, Seoul failing to beat John Book at the weekend meant that Seoul's title challenge is over for another year. Unless John Book get a points deduction in the next month or so. Yes, unless John Book get a points deduction in the next month for one of their players playing without shin pads. For the last four minutes. For the last four minutes, yeah. And for wearing green tops and for signing a 35-year-old striker in a two-year contract and for having the most dour-faced manager in the league, yeah. Yeah. But if they don't get a points deduction for all of those things, and even if they do, Pohang will probably finish top of the league anyway above so <laughs> So this probably won't make any difference to Paul, yeah. Paul, how do you feel about your title hopes being over? Uh, the guy did last weekend? I think... You were probably more gutted last week because of the nature of our last minute win against you. I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that was, that was hard to take last uh, Sunday. And I think, I mean, we've been talking about this win every game, lose every game for the last month or so. So I'm, I guess I've got to be happy that it went on, went on as long as it did. In reality, the season for Seoul was lost in March and April when they basically did bugger off while everyone else was earning 15, 20 points. So. Yeah. Um, Which is probably when so- I mean, Songnam were probably never considered to be having a season anyway. But I think looking back on it, uh, probably, I mean, taking one point from six, which we'll talk about that when we do the review, but I mean, taking one point from six in the last two games is, is going like, to destroy any hope Songnam had of, had of an ACL spot. Uh, but I think also like, their form in the league at the beginning of the season wasn't particularly great. I think they kind of came on. As the season went on, so yeah, but but we'll, but we'll talk about that whenever we do the do the reviews. Yeah, we'll also do a quick review of the ACL, just let you know who won the semi-finals, uh, who didn't, and who's in the final. Uh, we'll, there's a few kind of miscellaneous things that we'll talk about a little bit, uh, involving one involving Pohang and one involving referees, my favourite topic. And then uh, I guess we have to mention. I guess we have to we'll use that to seek into your rant on referees. Yes. Hopefully, hopefully this week. Uh, I guess we have to talk about So Wieland almost 100% clinching a playoff spot and how much that's kind of pissed off real football fans. <laughs> but anyway, we'll talk about that as well. And then we'll finish up with, uh, again, as we've discussed, like maybe talking a, a, a little bit in depth about the FA Cup final and the road to Sangam or the, or the stumble to Sangam as it's been for Inchon. So you said this is the FA Cup special, right? Uh, I think I said that somewhere in, in that last five minutes. Is it not the Halloween special? It could be the Halloween special. Well, the FA Cup final is getting played on Halloween, so... What would you rather watch? Would you rather go to 
Sangam on Saturday and watch Seoul versus Incheon, or would you rather go to ET1 on Saturday night and watch the general? I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. As long as you pace yourself well at the football. As long as you pace yourself well at the football, I think we will be standing in ET1 in the Wolfhound at midnight going, It's a nurse! In the, <laughs> standing in the Wolfhound at midnight going, Arr, arr, arr. <laughs> And uh, taking lots of photographs of all the costumes and putting them on the group Facebook chat with Stevie. Of, of course, with the... How's Scotland? How's Scotland? How's Scotland? How's Scotland? <laughs> of course, with kick-off being at 1.30, you can still get your... You still you can still have ten points at the football and have three or four hours sleep in a bush before heading off to Ito on so. <laughs> What? That's what I did before. <laughs> Maybe I'll wake up with a pizza stuck to my face as well. Talking of bushes... Whoa, this could go anywhere. <laughs> I see your knees looking particularly hairy this week. Uh, yeah. Is there something behind that? Something you'd like to share with us? Uh, yeah, actually, um, a few weeks back, I, I tore my meniscus. I didn't know I actually had a, a meniscus until I until I torn it. Presumably, you've got two. I, I'm guessing. I mean, hopefully, otherwise I've got a problem. Um, so yeah, I tore my meniscus in my right knee, uh, and the doctor prescribed me some cream. Which I do believe it's the same cream that Kang Suil used in his, in his upper lip. So yeah, so I can now pleat my knee. Does that mean I can't put this podcast forward for the uh, International Football Podcast Awards? In case you get caught up on a... Yeah, a if they, if they, I think if they drug test the, the podcast, uh, I'll be found positive. Unless all the alcohol... That's for quite a few things, actually. <laughs> Unless all the alcohol masks the, uh, the steroid. Yes. <laughs> I should have went to the clinic and ate one on Saturday morning. Um, but yeah, yeah. so I have a very hairy knee due to uh, some, some uh, Kang Suyo moustache cream. <laughs> cream. I, I suspect he'll be winning a prize in our end of year awards as well. Twat of the year? Prat of the year? Uh, it's going to be hard going up against Almir for that, is it? But they're both really hairy. Talking of Almir, did you watch the programme I... I sent the link to you that we mentioned last week's podcast. Of course I did, Paul. I, I always do my homework for the podcast. Yeah. What did you think of the, the life of a second division foreign football star in Korea? Uh, I think the word star is getting used a, a little bit loosely there, but anyway. Uh, I, thought, I, I thought it was quite interesting um, to watch them um, kind of like get an insight into what they do. Yeah. And what their kind of training regimes like. The, what happens when they go to away games, how... They get whisked away to the away game, but their wives kind of stay at home. And I, I, I guess, I think I guess for, for me, it was interesting. Nothing. They had they had two two away games on the trot, right? One at Chungju, which is what an hour and a half south of Seoul. Yeah. And the next one was in Gyeongnam, which is what three hour, three and a bit hours on the train. And they took a bus down to Chungju, stayed overnight, played the game, and then stayed over. Like they they stayed down south for the whole week. Yeah. And I, that, that surprised me. I would have thought they'd have come back up and then gone back down again. Well, you'd have thought so. I mean, it didn't seem as if it was that far away. I mean, yeah. it, like, it's not really as if... I mean, with the KTX, with, you know, like, kind of transportation in Korea the way it is, it's a bit surprising that they chose to stay overnight. Particularly a club that has very little money as well. I thought it was quite weird. But um, I guess it was to help them prepare for the two games and they lost both of them. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of their accommodation? Because obviously we saw, actually we did see the combination of all three. So obviously two of them, uh, Piranha and, Rodrigo Piranha and Almir are both married. So they presumably have an apartment, well not an apartment, it was a, a villa I guess. Yeah. 
Um, probably separate bedroom, separate lounge. From um, each other? <laughs> well, from the rights. And then Lucian seems to have, he's by himself, so he seems to have a, base, a basic one room that, of the kind you give to an English teacher. So. Uh, yeah, we definitely give those ones to English teachers, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was quite, I mean, I guess it's better than the, than the dorm idea that I think, I believe, that, that, that they have at Anyang and, and some other clubs. Yeah. Uh, where they, like, they actually stay in like the company owned accommodation I think it's I may or may not be be correct here, but I, I think Leonardo but wasn't that one of his complaints was because he he had to stay in the like, Hyundai company organised like, accommodation or something was it Leonardo or ah, I, I, I can't remember it was like, maybe like last year like I read it on the forum, yeah. where that one of the complaints that the players had was because that they were basically staying in, staying in. It's not a dorm, but you know, it's like a like a, an apartment building that's owned by the company. Because like, in but De- it has the curfew and stuff on it. In in Dayan's case, I think he had a nice apartment somewhere in Kangnam. So yeah, but I mean, I think obviously Puchon and Seoul have slightly different budgets. So yeah. Plus, I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, with a player like Dejan who's. They got such a lot of money. Probably like Dejan. Probably like Dejan. I always come Dejan. I play like Dejan, who's on like quite a lot of money, and you know, is kind of seen as being a superstar of the league. Never mind of a team. Yeah. Uh, then I think yeah, you you kind of really have to pull out all the stops for him. I think, but yeah, I mean, I think Austin Berry, who played for Anyang, let's say, let's not say who plays for Anyang, in case we get. Uh, like investigated by the FBI, the same as Anyang are doing. Um, I think they, for Ross and Berry, uh, yeah, I think I'd heard that he was staying in some kind of um, dorm style accommodation as well. So that can't be good. I mean, if you come to a foreign country, that can't be great when you don't have kind of freedom to move around. I wonder what kind of accommodation Elan's players. Obviously, good friend of the podcast, Martin, has a nice apartment in Handamdong. So I wonder if the players are. Presumably have slightly better accommodation than your average Anyang or Puchon. You would think so, but they hope obviously in a church as well, <laughs> such as Eland. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, I think you can find the link to the documentary on our Facebook group. Uh, it's, if you're interested in the, the, the behind-the-scenes lives of foot, foreign footballers and careers, it's probably worth a watch. Yeah, it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. So, we've talked a little bit about the, the poorer cousins of the Korean uh, second tier, so I guess now... Although, although we're probably still middle class compared to the, the poorer cousins in Indonesia or... Oh, of course, yeah, of course. I mean, I think they're still a lot better off than, than the, the, the Vietnamese League and stuff like that. Yeah. The Liberians that they imported into Myanmar. But um, I think, yeah, it's maybe time to have a look at the, uh, the, the, the kind of the cream of Asia and let's do a, a, a review of who will be playing in the Asian Cup, the Asian Champions League final, yeah? You can imagine the highly paid stars of Guangzhou are probably not staying in a dorm somewhere in China. Uh, yeah, I don't think uh, Paletta, or whatever his name is, Polina, whatever his name is. Polino, Goulart. Polino, yeah. I don't think he, he, he stays in a, in a curfewed apartment complex. Uh, last week saw the semi-finals of the, of the ACL. Unfortunately, no Korean teams in the, fi- in the semi-final after Gamba put John Book out. There are a couple of Korean players, though. So. A couple of Korean players, yeah. Can find we can find a reason to support each team or either team. Well, we have to find out who's in the final first, and then see if there's any Koreans in those, in those teams. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, our our listeners don't have soccer way up on their TV, their monitor even. Okay, so the first game was on the Tuesday. Tuesday night Tuesday slash night. Wednesday morning yeah. in Korean Korean time. Korean time. This was between Al Hilal of Saudi Arabia and Al Ali of the UAE. So the first leg finished one all. All to, all to play for in the second leg. It was, yeah. Uh, the game was played in Dubai. There was a bumper crowd of uh, 98, no, sorry, not 98,000, 9,800. But we do like how uh, the TIFO I saw, that was put on like, the, 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 the official AFC's tweet. Yeah. Like, the TIFO I saw, literally there was like 40,000 people holding that TIFO up. But yet yeah, the official attendance was 9,800. Someone thinks those photographs are doctored. But anyway, on to the game itself. I, I my knowledge of West Asian football is not great, but I would have assumed Al-Hilal, the Saudi team, were the, the favourites for this. I, w- I would have thought so, yeah. I mean, I think what I did, read someone on Twitter... They were, they were finalists last year, weren't they? The, the, they were the team that... Were they not the team that, that Western Sydney beat last year in the final? I think they might have been, yeah. I did read someone on Twitter that they were, talk- that they were calling them... The, the millionaires, you know, of of that region, you know, and Guangzhou, the, the, the millionaires of, of our region. So that was going to be like, you know, the kind of rich person's final, you know, like the final of the people who had spent an absolute fortune to, to uh, get there. But, uh, unfortunately for them, um, they didn't make it. They didn't count on the might of South Korea. They didn't count on that on Kwon Kyung Won, ex John Book Starler. Uh, he's only 23 now, so uh, popping up with a, a 94th minute goal. The guy with less less appearances for John Book than we have episodes of this podcast. Indeed, he played 25 times for John Book before his multi-million pound move to the <laughs> to the Emirates. In two years as well. In two years, 25 games in two years. Um, it's a guy that obviously John Book fans still sing songs about. <laughs> uh, Al Ali r- raced into a, a 2 0 first half lead, was put them 3 1 in aggregate before Al Hilal uh, pulled it back to 2 each, obviously putting them through and away goals before Kwon Kyung Won popped up, as I said, 94th minute, um, probably a header, not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> Could take the highlights, but didn't. And yeah, yeah, put out the Saudis. So the first team in the final were the team from Dubai. Paul, any anything to add? I think it's interesting that all five scorers were all uh, foreign players. That is interesting. Yes, I do believe that all five goals were assisted by. Different foreign players. By different foreign players, yeah. Uh, by local players. By oh, domestic. By I do believe, yeah. But well, uh, they'd have to be given that assume they're playing in the same <laughs> oh, three, yeah, assume... three plus one role that we are. You <laughs> <laughs> don't think so, yeah. Oh Mark states the obvious again. So that was the uh, West Asian match. Now on to the East Asian match, which was between the incredibly spending Guangzhou Evergrande. Obscenely rich. <laughs> Obscenely rich. And the resilient uh, Osaka Osakians from Gamba. Or Gambians from Osaka. That sounds like... The Korean killers. The Korean killers. Yep, put out three Korean teams. 
effectively. So that was obviously a high scoring match with so much money and quality on the field. Paul, did you watch that one? Uh, I did not, no. I kind of, I was out and about somewhere, so unable to get a feed for it, but I was paying attention on my score app on my phone, so. Okay. But yeah, so the game, unfortunately, for the neutral, uh, finished uh, nothing each. Pretty, pretty lame game from what I could, I, I didn't see it, I amazingly got the kickoff time wrong. And believed it was a 9pm instead of 8pm or whatever it was. Uh, so I missed the full first half. Um, so I did only watch or kind of view the second half on, on, on Twitter. But I was following uh, Lou Dub and Jay Soccer Magazine, two guys on Twitter who were giving like blow by blow commentary. I think Jay Soccer was getting a little bit more. Uh, excited and less impartial as the game was going on but anyway but yeah I think the strangest thing for me was Usami not starting uh, this is the guy who tore Seoul apart yep. and yet he didn't start against John Book, didn't start against uh, Guangzhou, really strange um, didn't actually play much in the East Asian Cup either which was quite strange as well but of course, I mean, Guangzhou had the had the millionaires of you know Gular, Ekoson, and Palana, Palina, Palino, Palino. I can never say his name properly. And then their other foreigner, Kim Young Guang. And, and obviously uh, Kim Young Guang. So yeah, the, the interesting thing for me, as a as a Celtic fan, is that I guess technically the winning goal of that match was scored by one-time Celtic favourite Zheng Zi. Better known as one-time Charlton favourite. One-time Charlton favourite. Zhengzhou. Yep, because I have no idea how, how to pronounce Chinese names. As Kelly showed uh, admirably when she was on the podcast. I don't know, you did quite well pronouncing the word Kelly for some reason. Kelly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, pretty. I think Gamba. I think Gamba's game plan seemed to be. To try and maximise the, the away goal that they had scored by not scoring another goal <laughs> so that wouldn't count. So was it your impression they were trying to catch Guangzhou on the break? Yes. Just win 1-0 and go through on away goals? They, what I got from, from what I read on Twitter was that they set out their stall in the first half. For the first half they finished nothing each. They, they made no attempt, they just kind of like held Guangzhou. Because then with 45 minutes left, if they snatched the goal they were through. I feel we should add for the benefit of our listeners that Korean TV barely shows any Asian Champions League with Korean teams involved, so there was no no hope of getting an easy access to one with no Korean teams involved. Yeah, definitely. So we would have struggled to actually watch this game, even if we had been inclined. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's not that we didn't watch it because there was no Korean teams involved. We didn't watch it because it was quite literally impossible to actually see it. So the short roundup version is that the, the final we'll see... Guangzhou Evergrande take on Al Ali, uh, and you've got to probably say we'll preview it closer to the time, but you've got to probably say Evergrande will win that. So the first legs on seventh of November. Yep. I guess we'll be back in two weeks' time or so to preview that. To preview it, yes. Preview. And then we'll review it after the game. And then we'll preview the second leg on the 21st of November. 
and then we'll review after. Um, something interesting about the, the final is not only uh, will there be a Korean player in each team, there will also be a Korean referee in the first leg in Dubai, as there's been a Korean referee chosen to to referee that game. Yeah, I, th I think the way it works is that, as we know, the ACL split into the, the western half and the eastern half, and I think each half gets to nominate one set of elite referees to referee one of the but it's a Korean referee it can be it can be elite if it's Korean or unless that's his name elite might very well be I guess the only other option would have been a Japanese referee because obviously Chinese having a team in it can't have the referee themselves or I suppose an Australian referee but I'm pretty certain Kawanjo tried to get a Chinese referee though I'm sure that brown packet is, st is still working its way to wherever the headquarters of the of, of the AFC is. Malaysia. Well, that's a daft place to have it. They can play football there. But um, but yeah, it's interesting that there will be a Korean referee. Uh, I'm not sure if it will be the guy who got the five-match ban for giving John Book the dodgy penalty. As soon as he can't referee a Korean game, he may as well send him anyway. Um, you think he'll do a good job? I mean, you've had one or two thoughts about Korean referees over the last six months or so? I, I, I literally think you could send the, anyone that's never even seen a football game before and they do a better job than a Korean referee. I think they're atrocious referees. Right, uh, obviously you've got a lot to say on the subject. Yeah. They, we've still got reviews and other stuff to talk okay. about, so we'll get, we'll get to your rant on referees in a bit. Okay, we'll get that at the end, yeah? Yeah. Well, I guess after reviewing the ACL matches, I guess next up is something a little bit closer to home, and it's time to do a quick, hopefully quick, review of the K-League Classic and the K-League Challenge from the weekend. Something we've actually seen a little bit of. Yes, something we haven't watched on YouTube highlights. We didn't even bother with that. We didn't even bother with that for the ACL. So first up in our review, we'll look at the relegation group of the K-League Classic, purely because no one's really that interested in it because it's well not, not we, yeah but it is hot, well, it's hotting up yes it? we believed it was over we believed it was finished that Dejan were definitely relegated and that Pusan were going to be in the playoff spot but this weekend threw up a very interesting match as Dejan came from a goal behind uh, at home to Pusan to close the gap to only five points Yep, five points. Five points with 90 to play for. Prusan looking like they're all over the place. I mean, they've lost both of their games in the, in the relegation group. They don't look like they are they have any confidence at all. Whereas Dejan have won both their games. You would imagine that Prusan are not going to win... Uh, I mean, maybe win one of the last three, but they're not going to win all three of them. So, if Dejan can, can keep winning... But they've played the two weakest Greek... They've played the two weakest teams in the bottom six now, so mm. they've got the three supposedly toughest games to come. Um, but, yeah. And, and the, other, the other interesting thing from our point of view is we've been speculating about whether the the teams in the lower tier will have any problems overcoming a, a demoralised, lost X on the bounce Pusan. We've never even considered that the fact that if Tejan go on a, a run now and win four or five of the last games... That there may be a a stronger tart like a a stronger team. Mm. They'll, they'll obviously have a experience of playing Suwon and Sangju before before Elan may be a new proposition, but I guess we'll give it another week to see. 
yeah, before we start speculating too much, we'll give it another week, I guess. But I mean, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, they, they, when you have a look at it, so so far, Desmond have won both their games. Two, two games and two as opposed to two in 33 in the, yeah. in the first half I mean, of the season. So they've just kicked on now, yeah? I mean, I guess they are playing lower lower ranked teams, but I think what we discussed before with Dejan was that Dejan did actually really well against the John Books, uh, the Suwans, what that their first victory coming against Suwon. Yeah. And so they, I think, losing to Seoul twice 1 0 and things like that. Uh, yeah, well. Mm. This once one nil, two nil, two one, one nil. Yeah, so kind of closer games than they were experiencing against other teams, and now that they're in the, the uh, relegation group, they're beginning to actually win the games that matter. Um, so yeah, Dejan coming from one from a goal bet behind, uh, two goals in four minutes from Sam Young one to give them a two one victory. The, the the big game, I guess, the big. Result of of the relegation group was uh, John Am at home to Ulsan, uh, which amazingly finished John Am two, Ulsan five. Uh, a hat trick from Kovacic uh, and a penalty from the rookie. Obviously, assuming he didn't try his uh, his Pirlo esque uh, penalty again. He's obviously been listening to the podcast and learned how to take a penalty. And now that, that now puts him clear in the race for the golden boot. Yeah, puts him a goal clear, yes, he's now, yeah. And you'll be, I believe, you'll be the first Korean to win it in three years, if he wins it. The last three years it's been won by a foreigner. Santos Dejan Dejan, probably. Santos Dejan Dejan. But, uh, interesting that there was two penalties in that game. Uh, Stevo, Stebo, whatever it gets called these days. Scored the first one to level it for uh, John Ann, and then just seven minutes later, Kim Shunuk got a penalty to put them 2 1 up, and then Kovacic put it on his hat trick, scored three goals. And then X Sol right back to Hyojin did pull back a consolation for Chun Nam. Yep. I always like to see him on the score sheet. I always like to see him on the score sheet as my favourite Korean player. I like to see him on the score sheet more often than the score sheet, to be honest. I like to see him up Hooker Hill. <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, another interesting thing as well is that Busan are not the worst team in the relegation group. It's John Am's the worst team, having lost uh, both their games as well. Uh, obviously, 1 uh, 0, I think it was, and 5 um, 2. At some point, they have to play each other for the wooden spoon in this section, right? Yeah. And the final game in that section was Guangzhou 0 uh, and Chun 0. And the less said about that, the better, I guess. Yes, definitely. <clears throat> so let's move on to the championship group. Uh, a couple of pretty big games at the weekend in, in this one. You had on Saturday, you had Pohang taking on Jeju. If Pohang won, they would cut the gap on, on uh, John Book, obviously. Uh, that was actually amazingly the only game in the classic uh, challenge. It's uh, the, the classic champions group that had a goal. <laughs> um, took about hour two in a minute. So Pohang won that one, two one. I believe I saw the got the, the ball in the net in the Suwon Songnam game. We'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Um, Pohang took the lead. I actually watched this one on the uh, neighbor. Oh, yeah, on the way to what do you call it? Tanchan, thank you. Uh, Pohang took the lead. They were only in the lead for five minutes. Jeju equalised, 
Uh, and then Pohang, before half time, made it 2 1. Second half, I didn't see much of the second half, I saw the first half. Second half, seemed as if Pohang kind of they just held out. So that was a, I mean, that result was huge for, for Pohang. I think it moved them up to second in the league. Uh, put them above Suwon. The other game on, on Sunday, Saturday was uh, Songnam v Suwon. That was an epic five goal thriller. <laughs> um, I mean, I was at that game. Uh, the highlight was probably the ball beer girl um, smiling at me. That was probably the highlight. The second highlight. She bent over this week. Yeah, she, she did again, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, there was no one near me to say thank you. Um, uh, there was two highlights actually. One was the ball beer girl, which is always a highlight. The second highlight was uh, Yang Yang Sang Min for Suwon, number three for Suwon, coming on at, at half time to a hero's welcome from the Songnam fans. Uh, Yang Sang Min was the the defender who scored an, an own goal in the in the ACL several years, like 2011, the, the last time Songnam won it. Um, and yeah, they, he every time he touched the ball, the, the Songnam fans chanted "Go, go!" Uh, it was pretty funny. You, you don't see a lot of banter like that at, at Korean games. So it was actually quite good funny. He kind of be in amongst it. Uh, two other talking points. Talking point number one. Uh, I can't say it without swearing. I apologise to the listeners, but uh, that was shit, Kyle. Uh, I really want to kick his head in. Sorry, I, I can't really hate that guy. Hated him. When he was at John Book, um, he's just a, he's just a, a piece of work. Halfway through the first half, there was a, an off the ball incident where he basically ran behind um, Yoon Young Sun, I think it was. He ran behind him, and Young Sun turned, and he, his hand kind of like he, the way he turned, his hand went out and hit Kyle on his arm. Kyle grabbed his face, went down, and started rolling around in the ground. Uh, the linesman saw what happened. Yeah. The referee got called over. The, 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 the linesman clearly said that that was a dive. Like, nothing happened. He, he hit his arm and like no idea why he's on the deck. And the referee bottled it to give him a yellow card. He just told him to get up, nothing, move on. After that, he was just literally just a pain in the arse for the, for the rest of the half. It was, it was a... A shocking act, really. There was there was no there was no need for it at all. Uh, I don't know why it was like this. It was just pretty ridiculous. Another talking point was uh, Huang Yijo. About five minutes to go, uh, he went clean through, rounded the goalkeeper, but at the edge of the box. So he still had a lot of work to do. There was two defenders chasing him back. One defender clearly tripped him. Yeah. But he didn't go down, he kind of stumbled, stayed on his feet, yeah. uh, and then hit this like ridiculous, like tapped shot that kind of bumbled around. A daisy cutter. Yeah. Like it kind of like bumbled along the ground, and the Sue One player cleared it. Yeah. Then Wangy Joe went down. Um, Kim Hakbun went absolutely crazy. He uh, was on the pitch, was like screaming and shouting. It was a clear, it, I mean, it was a penalty. They put advantage, uh, but. When he didn't score, I kind of felt they should have brought it back and gave the penalty. Well, I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure 
if my interpretation of that is is with my Songnam tinted glasses. But in my opinion, the played advantage. There wasn't actually an advantage to get by him sitting on his feet because the defender got back on the goal line. It should have been a penalty. But was his weaker shot because because of the way he'd been tripped, or was it just because he did a poor Cause, shot? Because he shot you. Yeah. <laughs> it's because he did a shot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I I guess I'd need to see the replay to comment, but. The referee obviously put advantage, um, but yeah, I, I felt he could probably have pulled it back and and given a penalty. I guess it should be noted as well that there was one more talking point. I was going to mention that because <laughs> you've mentioned two talking points, neither of which I saw <laughs> like blowing up my Facebook and Twitter feed. But uh, so I guess the main talking point was the fact that it was just under seven thousand. Is that what you're talking about? Nope. Ah, okay. Was it the fact that uh, Suwon are now third? Nope. Oh, okay. Was it the fact that the temporary stand was quite full and we were all singing and dancing? No. Nope. Was it the fact that the security guard walked over and shook my hand as I was drinking a, a can of smuggled in cast and he just laughed? That you'd, that you'd open with your knife, right? <laughs> I, I actually opened it and was drinking it when he walked over and said, enjoy the game. And I looked at him with this can of cast and I went, yeah, thanks. And he went <laughs> and walked away. Is that, is that a talking point? No, if, if you've no idea what I'm talking about, I can only assume you either completely hammered or you left five minutes before the end. <laughs> okay, I'm guessing you're referring to the goal, yeah? Yeah. Or the non-goal, as it, as it turned out to, to be, yeah? As, as a soul fan, I was quite happy to see it disallowed or well, not disallowed. It was never even considered, was it? Um, it was amazing. That even from where I was sitting, at the other end of the ground, I thought it was in. The, con- the cross came in from the left, and I'm not really sure who it was. It went up. Kwon Chang Hun. I think it was Kwon, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was Kwon. Uh, went up and built the header, uh, which was straight at uh, Park, Park Jin Hyuk. The fact that Park Jin Hyuk was about uh, two yards inside the goals didn't seem to actually register with the referee. Uh, Park pammed it back out again, um, to which the Suwon players were all celebrating. Thinking it was a goal. Celebrations uh, being 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 led by Kyle, obviously, who, who hadn't been taken off at halftime. Was it kissing his badge? Um, uh, the manager, uh, whose name I always can never remember. So Jung Won. So Jung Won uh, was actually again the, the same as Kim Hak Bum was actually on the pitch. He ran the, the full way down. Uh, the Suwon fans themselves didn't really seem to protest too much uh, until the subway. Was that was that down their end? Yeah. So, so you were still closer than they were. <laughs> yeah, I was still closer than they were. Yeah. Um, it was uh, a mistake. Uh, so, uh, did the it was an was, honest mistake did, made. Did the ref refer to the linesman? Nope, he, he didn't give anything. He, he just he just purposely just played on. To be fair, like, well, I mean, obviously the referee shouldn't take into consideration, but Pak Jin Hyuk, the goalie, was. Saying no, that wasn't a goal. That was that was a, a, a legitimate save. Yeah, it was quick reaction from him. He was definitely behind his his foot, and I think this is what probably confused the referee. Was his right foot was over the, was like in in play. His body was over the line, but his right foot was in play. So I guess maybe the referee, if he did even notice anything at all. He maybe saw I mean, part of him being in play. If you assume the ref's sort of 10, 15, 20 metres in front of where yeah. 
it's going to be hard for him to tell whether it's over. It should be up to the linesman to signal that yes, that was a goal, or no, it wasn't, or goal line cameras, which would clearly have signalled it was a goal. Yeah. In which case, Suwon would still be in second. In fairness, had that goal stood, it would have been unjust. So Suwon did. Did. They didn't deserve anything on their second half showing. First half they were the better team, second half they were not. So they didn't show any sign at all that they were still going for a league, nope. league win? Nope, none at all. First half, yeah, second half they were, they looked as if they'd settled for a nothing each draw. So I think Suwon have given up the title before the league even started. Which is why they're bottom of the, the post-split mini-group. Yeah. Um, so that just leaves us one game to read it. I guess that would be Soul John Book. Part of that was obviously a five go through as well. It could have been a yeah. four one to Soul if they'd actually focus on their or if they'd had their shooting boots on. Unfortunately, they didn't. So it was a, a nil, an ent- entertaining nil nil draw. I think Soul probably had five or six half chances over the course of the game. John Book had. One really good chance. The Chumbuk striker, he took it past the goalie and then sh- shot it towards goal, which is when Osmos slid in and cleared it. So it was almost a goal? It should have been it a goal. A, it was on its way. So Os- Osmar was immense again yesterday. His 35th 90-minute game this year. It's pretty incredible, yeah. So I think, I think it's the only player in the K-League who's played every minute of every game of the K-League, right? Ex- excluding FA Cup games, which we're not sure yeah. about, but I think he's he's the only player since they reformed it with a split system. I think. Oh, so we're not not just this year, but we're talking multiple years. But it's it's multiple years. Okay. He's he, he he's the only player to have played ninety minutes of every game since they put in the split system. I be, I believe it's a split system. I'm not going to actually bother trying to check that. I, d- I did check that he's, he has played 90 minutes of every game this year. I mean, it's a pretty. I mean, I guess for a defender, um, that's pretty amazing because you would imagine a defender should have picked up <coughs> enough yellow cards by now. He'd be. He's suspended. only had one yellow card this year. Yeah, he's. he's Osmar is strolling through the league. It's not a challenge for him. He he literally is strolling through the Keeley Classic. Which I assume is why he quite, if rumours are to believe, he won't be here next year. Yeah, I mean, he's he came from Thailand, from Thailand to Seoul, that, yeah, from Thailand to Korea, that was obviously a step up. He's now going to make that further step to China with the idea that one day he will be centre-back for Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe not, but, um, but yeah, he, I, I, I think he, that when you see him play, he's just like, he's... Like I said last year, after a couple of games, his first few games he looked a little bit shaky. For so last year, I didn't think he was going to be quite the replacement for Adi. Well, he, he started off in the middle of the back three. Yeah. And then he looked a bit shaky, so they pushed him to a defensive central midfielder in front of the back three, at which point he controlled everything. But recently, in recent weeks, he's... Because of injuries or selection crisis, I don't know, but he's, he's dropped back into the back three again. He's looked pretty good. He's yeah. led the line well. He's made crucial clearances. He's he's one of the few players in the K-League 
that actually has a football brain that you can see that he's thinking. You can see he knows and, and, what he's and you doing. And you always make fun of him for being a bloody <laughs> redneck retard. Yeah, he is a redneck. He's a great guy, but you think, <laughs> <Kill me. laughs> Um But I think if you look at him and you look at Chad Lee, for, for example, the, the two potential captains, or you know, captain, vice captain, whatever you, you, you want to call them. Yeah. I mean, Cha has the reputation, Cha has the the experience, but Cha does not have a footballing brain. I mean, Cha puts his head down. I mean, no offence, meant Cha. Like I know that, that you know that you're listening, and I'd love you bits, but I mean, they eat, well, I don't really. But I mean, he puts his head down and just romps up that wing. He doesn't actually really know what he's doing. I don't think half the time. He's a bit like Forrest Gump when he played football and. You just give him the ball and he, run that way, run that run way. Run for us, run. So I think that's what Chad does, yeah? Uh, he kind of reminds me of the water boy as well. Um, but Osmar, on the other hand, seems to know everything that's going on around him. He seems to like, kind of be in complete control, incredibly calm. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be a massive loss to the K-League if he goes... Osmar's got the highest number of passes out of any player this season. That's embarrassing for him, a defender. But I guess it's defensive midfielder. But I guess, yeah, I guess he, he gets the short pass out from either the goalie or the central yeah. defender and then kicks it on. So, and then I mean, gets it back and then kicks it back and then gets it back and then kicks it back and then gets it back and then kicks it back. Come on, put it somewhere else. And I could do that for the next 30 <laughs> minutes, but in the interest of... <laughs> but yeah, I have a lot of time for him. I think, I think Osmar Adriano are, are, are the reasons why so are are climbing up the table. But I think Sol's defence next year is going to be gutted, isn't it? If, if you think Chowdhury's going to retire, we believe Osmar's going to move on to China. We believe Eung Hee, one of the other key central defenders, is going to go to Sangju or, yep. or Ansan, the police. Uh, we saw, I sent you a list earlier this week which showed a list of players who've applied to join, yeah. do their military service here, and Eung Hee was on it. So, But the one thing you would say and we'll move on quickly but the one thing you would say is that you probably whereas Che doesn't seem to be able to find a striker mm. um, or a midfielder or a goalkeeper he's got, <laughs> got the fence worked out <laughs> it seems to be it seems to I mean I'm assuming Che was the one who saw Osmar playing against well he played with Buriram yeah Yeah. so I'm assuming Che saw him liked him thought he had something yeah, that, he, that he could bring had to find a big name, a, a, not a big name, but a big game player to replace Adi. Yeah. And I don't think very many Seoul fans miss Adi, which is an incredible thing to say for someone who'd been there for what, like six years. Six so. years. Um, and I, I don't think Seoul fans really think, oh, I wish Adi was here. So I, I think that says a lot. And I think that's a testament to. Uh, to Osmar, who has obviously slotted in that, that role. I'm not sure it's a testament to Osmar, Osmar or a testament to Dan, who is clearly irreplaceable. But I, I guess that perhaps that's a debate we can have in the, in the off-season when we've got... When I mean, there's nothing else to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I think you'll find Adriano will replace Dan. Uh, he will now, but we've, we've been without Dan for 18 months, so... Yeah, but I think you found a replacement now. Is it a shame that you're going to let Osmar go? Okay, so that's the weekend's Kaylee Classic fixtures reviewed. I guess we'll move swiftly on to the Kaylee Challenge. Um, I guess 
the the main talking point, the main game to discuss was probably Elan's last gasp winner against Buchan. Uh, another goal by Tarabai. I think that's like eight and nine games. Uh, I should probably know because like Elan's Facebook keeps prattling on about it. Um, and showing videos and photographs of here's fan day 240 photographs of girls and foreigners but anyway uh, yeah Tarabai scored a goal actually I, I watched the highlights basically because of So Land's Facebook and uh, it was a pretty sweet goal actually he he shot from about maybe 8 yards the keeper parried it the keeper saved it and the ball bounced straight back and he kind of like did this sliding, he went right straight back to him, did this sliding volley. And uh, the keeper was on the deck and he put it by the keeper. Um, so yeah, that's like, as I said, I think that's eight goals in nine games or something like that. He's oh, he's course. obviously replaced uh, Jim and Gyu, who is um, scoring even less than the 40 issues of podcast hosts. <laughs> of, of course, users of a, a popular football score application on their smartphone wouldn't know that he'd scored because they reported the final score as nil-nil yeah. for like an hour after the game as well. Uh, yeah, I wonder why that was, yeah? I mean, I guess they didn't see it or I guess there was no one there. Luckily, good friend of the podcast, Liam, was at the game using his free ticket. He was there, yes. So he kept me updated via Facebook Messenger. Yep, he's, he's been going to more games recently. I think he's getting in, into the groove. Get into the groove. <laughs> that one was just for you, Liam. He's also gone up in, in my estimation because his wife apparently is a Wednesday fan. So. But she goes to games on Wednesdays? She goes to games in Sheffield. Okay. Because, I mean, a Wednesday fan could mean a lot of things here. We can make a lot of jokes, but we might not get to that article. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on swiftly from that one as well, yeah? I, I do believe, though, that we have been... We have appropriated some... Free tickets for Elan's next game. We have indeed for, uh, I guess, the game that if they win, uh, they are guaranteed a playoff spot. So it could be worth going along to. Could be. It's Saturday, the seventh of November. So if two p.m. kickoff. If you're not inclined to go to the super match, which I won't be probably. Are you going to go along to Elan? I think I'm banned from the super matches. That I'm not. But, um, so, we, so we don't have free tickets then because you'll be using them <laughs> you'll be using them uh, if anyone is interested though please just like, drop us a note drop us a line at is that the extent of our competition just just please write into us and you'll get the tickets are we expecting that that sort of that number of limited entries we should probably have thought of a question before we brought this up on the podcast Paul shall I pause it then yeah this week Soliland beat Puchan 1-0 with a goal from Tarabai Santos which country does he hail from? We're going to give you a clue. It's not Argentina. And he might be well waxed. Or not. Maybe. Answers on a postcard to... Or Twitter. So you can answer either by email, by Facebook, or by Twitter. The Facebook group page is 48 Shades of Football, obviously. The email address is 48... That's the number, 48... Shades of football at gmail.com and the Twitter address, Paul? Uh, at K-League po- underscore podcast. Perfect. So if you know the answer to which nationality is Brazilian striker Tarabai, <laughs> then you're in with a chance of winning two tickets 
to see Seoul Eland clinch a playoff spot. Since we expect a veritable uh, deluge of correct answers, we're going to have a tiebreaker. So when you reply, also please, please complete this tiebreaker. I would like a date with Mark because... <laughs> yes, please. Uh, I would like a date with Mark because... Also include your phone number and a recent photo just in case. His, yeah. Just in case his, just in case your answer tickles his fancy. Okay, so now that we've done the competition thing, let's do a quick review of the actual games that took place, yeah? So the listeners and the fans can know exactly what they're getting themselves in for <laughs> if they take the tickets. So the game we've got tickets for is against which team? Gyeongnam. And how did they get on this weekend? Uh, they drew nothing each with the mighty gang one. So kind of bottom of the table clash there. Yep, <clears throat> it was tenth uh, v eighth. And that's about all we've got to say about that, right? Yep. So next up we have uh, Anyang. Anyang were at home to Chungju. I actually went to the Anyang game last week that we talked about on the podcast. The, that they played the army team. And I think, uh, if I recall correctly, you confidently predicted a win for the army team. I did, I did, I did, and very confidently as well, I believe. Uh, they, they did take the lead. Pretty sweet goal. Uh, an absolute cracker, actually. From uh, Only five minutes in. From, uh, were you Tandun. seated by then? Or were you still out buying beer? Uh, no, we were seated. We? You took a date? Uh, yes, I went with Alistair. Good friend of the podcast, Alistair, or, or another Alistair? Uh, good friend of the podcast, Alistair. Uh, we went there, uh, we uh, got there about 6.30, grabbed some beers in the local convenience store, uh, ended up spending the night in Bombay. Not spending the night as in together in a motel or anything in that kind of sense, just went for dinner in Bombay. I, I fear the lady, doth, the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> anyway, Anyang 1-2-1, one, two, one. Uh, two goals from Kim Hyogi. I saw the second one of this on on uh, on my phone. It was a pretty sweet strike from the edge of the area. Yeah. Uh, First half was mostly Sangju. Second half, Anyang were brilliant. Like really, I mean, actually, they were brilliant. They played very very well. So I missed the first half. So I, uh, I forgot this was on. So I missed the first half until you texted me. Then I started watching. I'm not quite sure I missed the, the two red cards in the last two minutes. It was not like I have my usual excuse of being. Three sheets. Uh, it was really weird. It was really strange. The first one, Kang Min Su. Um, really, I don't know why any of them were, were red cards. I think Kang Min Su's was for a challenge on the goalkeeper. That's the second booking, right? So. Yeah, it was the second booking. I, he did. I think he did go in heavy on the keeper. I think Kim Do Yup. Straight red. Uh, straight red for that rarest of rare things in the K League. Yeah. I, literally, I don't know what for, um, and that wasn't because we'd been drinking, because we were pacing, because we were going to go for 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 dinner and bomb Yeah, in the motel. You need to keep your. Well, there's jail for that stuff, but um, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't know what it was for. Like, it was really confusing. So you see, the, I mean, the game was already two-one at that point. It had no influence on the game. Yeah. But two red cards in the final two minutes. It was something that was quite that, that was quite strange. I suppose it has more of an influence going forward, right? When these guys are banned. Well, you'd have thought so, but games. then, but then I don't know when the bans take place. I'm assuming a straight red is the same in most leagues. It's the next game. Yeah. I'm assuming a double yellow. It could be like two or three games time. Uh, 
I think this, um, or is it vice versa? I think they both take effect from the next game. So moving on to Sanju's next game, considering the fact that they were probably going to be minus uh, Kang Minsu and Kim Do Yup, they were at home to Goyang, and they won four one. With a goal from Kang Min Soo. <laughs> no, I don't know. But yeah, um, scored a goal again, took, the, took, the, took an, an early lead, uh, four minutes from. Jo Dong Gun. Jo Dong Gun. Uh, then Bae Eo Han made it 2-0 uh, in 34 minutes. Cho got his second of the match in 37. Pei got his second of the match. He got his second as well. He made it 3 1. Um, and it finished up with uh, Wang Il-Su scoring an 91st minute goal to give Sanju a much-needed uh, victory. Um, An Yang, as we said, beat Chunju 1-0. The big game of the of the week, or the big game of the of the round, uh, was Suwon against Daegu, which would have been at that point would have been third v first. Um, it was a chance for Suwon to actually go level. But Daegu had the one, but they didn't. Daegu won that one 2-0. Uh, unfortunately, no no goals from the Brazilians this week, so we don't get to do the whole Jamaica Jamaica joke. But uh, but yeah, so two goals for Daegu. Again, another another uh, red card. Probably this one did affect the, the game. Uh, M Sung Tech sent off in 34 minutes for Suwon. So I guess just before we round up the, uh, the our reviews of the, the, the K-League Challenge and move on to more interesting stuff, uh, we talked briefly at the beginning of the podcast about Puchon's three Brazilians being TV stars last week. Did they all play this week? They all got some time on the pitch uh, together as well. Lukian started. Rodrigo Parana started. Uh, Lukian was hooked after 80 minutes and Almir, the blonde bombshell, came on for Gong Min Hyun on 67. Wait, wait, blonde bombshell? Mm-hmm. He clearly didn't watch the documentary. When you look at him close up, he's... He's... He's fuggly. So yes, as I said, they, they all, all three were on the pitch at the one time. Um, they were on the pitch at least for 13 minutes together. But unfortunately, they were unable to influence the result. And it was, in fact, uh, Elan's Brazilian, Tarabai, who was the one who, who prodded the ball home and gave the three points to Eland. Do I need to know that he's Brazilian? Unless you edit out the, the competition. <laughs> <laughs> Which you might very well do. Do you, you just, do you do still have the tickets somewhere, don't you? You've not lost them. I have the tickets, I just don't have Gavin sausage anywhere. So that was the review of the challenge. I guess it's now time to move on to more meatier stories and better topics. And since we only have 10 minutes left of the podcast, <laughs> I guess this FA Cup final special is actually not happening. I think we could, well, firstly, if we cut your re- run on referees, that'll give us a few more minutes to talk about the FA Cup. Okay, so referees next week, yeah? After the Super Match. After the FA Cup final, sorry. Yeah. Unless the FA Cup's a really epic game which requires a, a podcast of itself to review. Okay, in which case, referees after Super Match. So, as you know, my preparation for the podcast each week is to review various Korean language football related websites and see what 
snippets of information I can glean. A couple of the articles that caught my eye we've already talked about, uh, ACL refs, etc, etc. But the other two things that we haven't talked about yet was uh, first one, Orsha, the guy that plays at Chonnam. We've mentioned him a couple of times. Yeah, he's a good guy, yeah. He's been on loan for the last year or so from Rijeka in Croatia. Uh, and it was reported this week that they've received a, a bit of a million a million dollars or so from an unknown team. So in Asia. In Asia. I don't yes. my Croatian's not that good, so Yeah, the the team it's an unknown team in Asia. Uh the guy who translated the article I think was uh, yeah. He he posted or he he tweeted that it's a it's an Asian team that's bid the one million dollars from. Sold? Well, it's led to too much speculation. Replacement for Molina. Well, it's led to people thinking that who could it be? Yeah. Like, what's what's I mean, which team in the K League A is capable of, of paying a million dollars? B willing to pay a million dollars, and C could convince the guy to come on a permanent contract. And has the space. And has the space. So I think for me, it's. Some random time, it's some random team in China. Well, I mean, it's almost ninety percent certainly some random team in China. But if it was a Korean team, I think it would be Pohang, because after all, Pohang and and John Nam are sponsored by, are both owned by Posco. Yeah. Posco have the clout to spend a million dollars. Uh, Posco, having seen him playing with John Nam, could think he could be the guy to like spearhead our 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 ACL. Well. And bring us back the league next season. It's interesting you say that because obviously we, we both frequent a well-known English language Korean football forum and it was mentioned there earlier this year that Posca were thinking of ditching one of their teams with Pohang being the one to ditch. And I've not seen any follow-up for that recently but the other piece of news this week that I want to mention is that it was reported just today that Hwang Sun Hong, the Pohang manager, is going to quit at the end of the season. So... You'd have to wonder if they'd be signing players this far in advance with not knowing mm. who their manager's going to be. I mean, Posco, Posco ditching Pohang, what would be the reason? What would be the, what would be the logic behind them ditching Pohang? I don't know, because obviously there's been rumours, I think rumours every year for the past two or three years that they'd be ditching one of their teams, and it was always assumed it would be Chunnam because they're not that successful. Mm. They don't have a, a big fan base. But this year, it came out strongly that if they ditch one, it would be Pohang. Okay. And maybe, I guess, they could keep a... I guess Pohang must have a bigger operating budget, right? Yeah. So I guess Pohang probably costs them more money as well. I mean, I do know that Posco haven't had a particularly great year um, this year. So I know that because they shelved their English lessons. But anyway. um, so, I, I mean, that would be interesting. I think... So that would mean then, if, I mean, if Posco dropped Pohang, would, does that mean that one of the big Chabels would, would, would pick up Pohang? Instead of seeing Chabels invest in all the teams heavily to, to create a more equal competitive environment, perhaps we'll see all the, the Chabels divesting, so all the teams become citizens clubs, and they all become more equal that way. What would you reckon about that? Well, that would be the death knell for the Korean League as a, as a competitive force in Asia. It would be. I mean, I think, but, but without the, as much as we maybe don't like it, well, I mean, I don't like it as a Songnam fan, 
But as much as maybe you know that we don't like the idea that the Chaballs are that they do own the clubs, and there is like a, for the most part, like like a huge gulf between you know like the, the Chaball clubs and the Citizen clubs. I mean, Songnam's season this season has been surprising, but it's not going to happen again. Do you know what I mean? Like, you have to imagine we're not going to see uh, Inchon or Dejan anytime soon challenging for, for anything. So I think. I think You'd have to imagine some of them are going somewhat like Stoke, right? They have a, a decent season every few years, but they'll never seriously compete. Yeah, I mean, some of them's problem. Tony Poulos in as manager. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, some of them's problem is that I just don't see where they're going to go after Luis Wang Yijo, uh, Kim Dojan, and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but back to the idea of like, is that what I think will happen? I don't know. They, I think, as much as the Chebol teams. Or the Chibol idea owning teams is a bit of an is a bit of an annoyance. I think it's essential. Yeah. Because otherwise, without those those teams, like yeah, you would never get you you you'd be a Buriram, you would be a Hanoi TNT. Like you would literally not get out of the group stages. You'd have to say that if every team was a citizen team, the disparity would be even greater. Surely, because if if FC Seoul were run by Seoul City Hall, the the potential from having 10 million taxpaying citizens is going to be greater than mm. compared to, I don't know what the population of Pohang is, but... But, I mean, you would think that that would kind of maybe end up seeing Seoul, you know, as the largest city, uh, potentially the largest fan base, does have the largest fan base, I, I, I mean, I guess, as we've seen this, you know, this week uh, by the numbers. So, I mean, I guess... That would then put Seoul in what many Soulites view as being the rightful place at the top of the league. Um, I think it's only cheap money that allows John Book to continue to be where they are. Yeah, they got the biggest budget in the league, haven't they? Yeah, because they're owned by Hyundai. I think if John Book were citizen owned, they would they would three fall down the table because John Joe is tiny. Yeah, um, you just imagine that Seoul would probably not suffer as much. Because they have the largest catchment area of like, what, 15, I mean, what greater so area, maybe 10, 15 million people. Football fans come to see players, they don't come to see, I think in Korea, mm. Korean fans don't come to see their local team. For the most part, they come to see the player. Like right now, uh, Hwang Yee Jo, I mean, Park, Park Jun Hyuk is a bit of a handsome guy, apparently. I don't really see it. But a cock. Yeah, but it's a bit of a handsome cock. Uh, Wang Yi Zhou is a is a kind of forming into a name in in Korean football. So Songnam have had higher attendances this season because they're there to watch those two players. Yeah, we saw it ourselves at like um, what we have Seoul John Book playing in a game that if Seoul win, they can cut, they can still mathematically win the title. If John Book win, they probably clinch the title almost, and there's twenty four thousand. But yeah. When Parcha Young rocks up to sign a couple of autographs to thirty-two thousand, so they came out. It was the name. So I think if Korean clubs win citizen, uh, it would just. I think I would. Yeah, I think you're right. This is a very very long way around, Paul. To agree with you, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it would. I, I, do, I do believe you said that agreeing with me every time would be the end of this this podcast. That we need to be more argumentative. So I'm going to have to disagree with what you're saying, and I think 
even <laughs> even though you made the point. Moving to a sister <laughs> club system would be would benefit the K League. I, I mean, there are two ways of looking at it, and they there really are two ways of looking at it. I mean, it's like for example, some people say that you know Celtic, for the like Scotland, where Celtic and Rangers had the money and were spending money, blah blah blah. They, the league was boring because there's only Celtic winners that could win it. Yeah. Now that, that there's no Rangers, Aberdeen until they shot themselves in the foot by losing four games in a row. Uh, Aberdeen were like top of the league, were given a challenge. So, so, so Stevie, what do you think about Ad- Aberdeen's season so far? <laughs> so, um, I think you have to look at it and say that. I, I really don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe Citizens Clubs would be the way forward for Korean football. I just don't I think it would be. What, what you're going to lose is the big name foreign stars. Yeah. Because you won't be able to pay, pay the million dollars a year you give them Molina or whatever. Yeah. But the, the players, the, 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 the domestic players who are going to become football stars are still going to become football stars, aren't they? They'll probably try and seek a move overseas more quickly, but they'll still presumably come through the system to begin with. So you'd still have Huang Yijou coming through, you'd still have Park Jung coming through, he'd just be looking for that more lucrative opportunity in China, the Middle East, Europe, yeah, quicker. At, a, at, a, at a quicker stage. So you'd probably have a higher turnover. You might not find that players are making a name for themselves in Korea that much. So, and you might also find that, that teams, because they don't have the cheap money, would actually sell players quicker as well. For example, Ulsan. I have to disagree with you on that. I mean, Ulsan have. I have to disagree with you on that as well. Ulsan have held on to Kim You don't know what you're talking about, do you? <laughs> Shut up, ketchup boy. Um, Ulsan have like, held on to Kim Chinook but would they do that if they didn't have even the small amount of Hyundai construction money coming into the club? Maybe Chumbuk will sign in next year to, to partner with Han Solo Q1 on Orsic Ostrich The thing is like, I really hope Orsic does sign for a Korean club I think this is maybe where this conversation actually came from. I think we're off on a tangent, but anyway. Yeah. I really hope Orsic does sign for a, for a, a Korean club. If, if a club's signed, agreed to buy him for a million dollars, it's got to be either Korea or China, right? It's not going to be anywhere else. Could be Japan. It could be, but... But my thing is, that I, I don't think it'll be Japan because I don't think Japanese scout Korea. Yeah. I think they only scout the Korean teams that they play against. I think when they play against a good Korean team with a good Korean player, they maybe then try and sign that player. Whereas I think China really does view Korea as being their feeder club, like their feeder nation. Feeder league. Feeder league. So I think there's a high chance that there's a bunch of Chinese guys watching Korean games. And he's been one of the standouts of the season, as is Osmar. As was Edu. Edu. As was Dayan, as was Hadison, as was everyone else that's moved over there. Yeah. I mean, just looking at this season, yeah, I mean, if, if Orsic does move to, to to China, you're looking at, and Osmar does go, you're looking at what, like, Edu, Osmar, Orsic, like, that's like probably your three best foreigners. Adriano is next to go. Adriano's not going to be at Seoul in two years' time. No, it, He's the next one to go to China. I mean, Adriano, I believe, played in China a couple of years ago, and I don't think he was that—he was particularly that successful. And yeah, he played with Dalian. I guess he, I think he played like, thirty-four games. 
If only Kelly was here to give us a, a bit of a clue about what he got up to. I guess we were just talking about rumours in the press this week. We'd probably have to wait a couple of months to see what hard and fast transfers come over the winter. And I guess at some point over the off-season we'll have a transfer special, which I'm sure everyone's going to listen to, to find yep. out about new random Brazilians coming in, old favoured players going out, mostly to China. Mostly to China, and yeah. So yes, yeah, so I guess next up we're going to preview the FA Cup final then. You don't want to do the challenge previews first? So do, the, we'll do the challenge first? Okay, so the challenge first. So yeah. K-League Classic's got the week off for the FA Cup final. The K-League Challenge are soldiering on as ever. Okay, so there's five games to play this week in the challenge. So with no Suwon uh, playing this weekend, obviously all the eyes will be on Daegu as first takes on third. Um, so Daegu is currently sitting five points clear of Eland. They're three points clear of Sanju, who are second after winning or after beating uh, Goyang 4-1. We did actually review that game in the main review. That game was actually this evening. Um, but we reviewed it in the main review just so it was all done as, as one as one round. It had been completed by the time we got around to reviewing yes. it. Um, so I guess like the big one, as I said, Daegu Eland. Uh, the next big one would be Sanju Gyeongnam on Sunday. And other games of note, Chunju Ansang putting at thirteen forty. Oh, that's an odd kickoff time. Uh, must be something to do with I don't know. The police have to be in their beds by five pm. I have no idea. Uh, Butchon, the big one for Butchon fans and Anyang fans. Butchon host Anyang, so expect some some shouting and some swearing and some and some cursing and some not nice words at that game. And the final match, Goyang uh, host Gangwon. Got some predictions for us there, rather than just reading out the fixtures. Yep. Chunju, Police, nothing each. Puchon, Anyang, one nothing each. each. One each. <laughs> Daegu, Soweeland, Daegu 1 0. Uh, Sangju, Gyeongnam, 2 0. Sangju. Goyang, Gangwon, nothing each. That just shows how little you know about football. Well, she needs to be said before that we'll just read the score, the, 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 the games out and not preview the actual scores. What do you think? I have to disagree with you about that. <laughs> so what do you think? What's your predictions? Uh, Anzan will beat Chengju. Puchon Anya will be a score draw. Tega will beat Solland by 2 or 3-1. Sangju will beat Kyungnam 2-0. And Koyang and Kangwon will be a scoreless draw. Okay, for anyone who actually listens to the podcast, that is exactly what I fucking said. <laughs> Yes. I'd have to disagree with you about that. <laughs> That's exactly what I'd say. I'd have to disagree with you about that. Do you want to take it outside? <laughs> no. Three of those games are actually on the Saturday. Which is Halloween. But so which teams will be dressing up as champions? And which teams will be wearing the loser's costume? I guess we'll find out later on on the Saturday, yeah? I have to, I have to fancy that Almir's going to turn out for Puchon as a sexy nurse. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Rodrigo will dress up as a footballer. You never know. Strange things have happened. Anyway, so that, I guess that just leaves one other game then at, at the weekend, also on Halloween, also on Saturday. Is it going to be a nightmare or is it going to be a thriller? For me? Yeah, for you. What, what do you think? It surely couldn't be any worse than last year's nightmare. 
I don't know, I quite enjoyed last year's Nightmare. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got to imagine, even, even Che can't blow two finals in a row at home against teams that can't win in your stadium. On Halloween, anything can happen. I guess, yeah. Are the Diablos dressing up? Uh, in the past few years, we have dressed up on the nearest game to Halloween, which has been... I know five of us went down to Chumbuk two or three years ago dressed up as this, that and the other. Um, so the plan is to dress up. Hopefully everyone's not pulling a fast one on me and I'll be, I'll be the only one there in costume. I guess it'll become crystal clear once we get there, yeah? Is that a code for something? I don't know, maybe, I mean, are you going to fight the even? Uh, Friday evening, I'll be in the embassy. So maybe someone will have to nurse your hangover the next day? Are you offering? <laughs> my, nurse's, you, <laughs> my nurse's uniform doesn't fit me anymore. Um, so yeah, so... Where? <laughs> where? Uh, I'm more like the matron <laughs> these days. But anyway, so yeah, so big game. Um, we did say previously, or at the beginning of the podcast, it was going to be an FA Cup special. We, we did indeed say it was going to be the FA Cup special, so we probably should spend more than two minutes talking about it. Well, my bus has just left, so... So you've got no, nowhere to be. <laughs> nowhere to go and nowhere to be and no home to go to. Um, so yeah, so, so the intro, let's have a look at the... Well, okay, I mean, let's begin then by, by looking at the, at the road to Sangam, or as I said earlier... The, the stagger or the stumble to Sangam uh, from insurance point of view, yeah. Uh, I always started away back in, in April for the teams that are in the final. There were previous rounds before that in, in involving amateur teams and part-times and so on. But, Paul, I think, why don't you do Souls Road yep. and I'll do insurance Road because I love insurance so much. Yep. You are a whack, right? Uh, was that a silent W? And a silent end as well. <laughs> a silent end as well. <laughs> okay, so basically Incheon's first game was a home match against Butchon. That was back in the day or back in the time when Butchon were having a mayor of a season. Uh, and so I guess um, like, it was probably expected that, that Incheon would, would win that one comfortably, which they did. They beat Butchon 2-0. Uh, goals by Kevin and Kim Jin-Hwan. So that was a pretty easy, a pretty straightforward uh, first first game for for Incheon. I don't think there was no apple cart upset. There was no uh, not, nothing unexpected there. You think a goal after four minutes pretty much sets them sets them on their way, doesn't it? It does pretty much, yeah. Yeah, that was a game I was going to go to, uh, but in the end I didn't. In the end I chose to go nowhere. So in the same round, Seoul had. Uh, they, they were matched up with Kyungju Hydro Nuclear Power. I fucking went to that again. <laughs> <laughs> do, you want, do you want to review what you said before then? I fucking did. Do you want to? Do you no, want to... nobody will know. Just keep going. So in, in the same round, Seoul were paired up with Kyungju Hydro Nuclear Power, which I always read as, and I always see the HMP as HMP, Her Majesty's Pleasure, and I always think it's a prison team, but no, apparently it's a. It's the, the isotopes from Springfield with Homer Simpson in goal, presumably because they conceded three goals. 
So I, I believe Sol put out a relatively inexperienced team for that for that game. Uh, they still run out 3-0. Comfortable 3-0 winners. Although it did look a bit nervous because they, they scored one goal midway through the first half and then it took two late goals to make it a the scoreline appear as comfortable as it was. But I don't think the result was ever in doubt, was it, Mark, as someone who went there? Uh, I don't think so. I think it was always pretty pretty um, straightforward. Are you disagreeing with me again? Nope, I'm agreeing with you. I'm, di- I'm disagreeing that I was there. <laughs> I've got photographic evidence. What photograph have you got? Okay. So next up. Fast forward to June. Fast forward to, to June, indeed. Uh, and this is when it should have started getting a, getting a little bit more difficult, I guess. When games might have been a little bit more, more of a kind of challenge for the for the teams. Of course, at this stage, you were still convinced that Songnam were going to get to the final, so we didn't really pay attention to what Incheon were doing. Well, at this point in time, I thought Incheon had absolutely no chance of, of, of getting the final yet. So I was thinking it was going to be a repeat, probably Seoul Songnam, maybe Seoul John Book. Uh, not John Book. Seoul right. Chonbuk. Yeah, yeah, Seoul Chonbuk or, so or Songnam. Surely you were predicting Songnam anyone, but anyone well, but Incheon. I think Seoul. Have, I think Seoul have been a have become a pretty decent cup team of late. I think that their experience in the ACL. Surely, yeah, the experience is going to build up. At some yeah, point. it's going to help them, and I think they're getting more and more kind of comfortable and more and more kind of like um, able to. Progress, I think, in, in, in games, yep. in rounds. Um, so I guess they, they probably the, I mean, Enchon had maybe the more difficult of the two games. I, I, I guess I don't, really, I don't really know. Enchon uh, went away to uh, Chonan City. Not really sure of anything about Chonan City, other than apparently it's a city called Chonan. Uh, they scored a goal with five minutes to go. Kim Chun Hwan, guy who scored uh, the second goal. In the previous round, he seems to be like their, their cup goal scorer at this point. Uh, Incheon ran out one of the winners, uh, Solemn into the next round, where surely then it would be a, a much more difficult tie, yeah? So, Chun City National League? Probably. Yes. Seoul played against Hwasong, who are one of the big money teams of the K3. Um, their budget probably exceed some of the, the teams in the challenge, to be honest. They they are well known as the, the millionaires of the K3. Um, I actually went to that game down in Hwasong. Seoul were extremely poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they scored just before half-time for 1-0, and then midway through the second half they conceded an equaliser, and from that point on it was all Hwasong, until right at the last minute, Yoon Jute super sub popped up and Scored a winner. Uh, I didn't see that game. I didn't go to Hwasong with Paul because I was at Songnam watching Songnam struggle against uh, Youngnam University. You, you know who did watch this game? Stevie was there. Stevie was there. So, so Stevie, what did you think? <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, so let's uh, so we'll quickly move on to the, the last uh, eight. Uh, I guess the quarterfinals. Um, Incheon this time came up against probably like their... Their first stern test. Uh, they were away to Jeju. Never, a, never a, an easy place to go. Uh, the game went to extra time. I, sus- I suspect we probably predicted Jeju to win this. I think we probably did, yeah. So the game went to extra time. 
they scored, Incheon scored in the 91st minute, something that may be repeated again in the semi-final. Uh, and then they scored in the 107th minute to run out 2-0 uh, victors over, over Jeju. It's a surprising result. Solomon to their first ever uh, FA Cup semi-final. Were you there? Was it in Jeju? Yeah. Uh, no, I was at Seoul Pohang. <laughs> I disagree with you about that. No, I was standing next to you. <laughs> Seoul Pohang. It's not good for the podcast if he agrees with me all the time. Actually, I wasn't standing next to you at Seoul Pohang. I, I arrived at half-time. And it was already one each, you know, and all I saw was just like, but you can do the preview, the review of the goal. The review. Seoul were drawn against Pohang in a replay of last year's FA Cup semi-final, last year's ACL quarter-final. Uh, Pohang took the lead after 23 minutes, and then Pak Jiong got a brace for us to win 2-1. Uh, I believe you were at that match for most of it, or some of it. Uh, yeah, I think I got there at half-time, because I was working late that night. But yeah, so Seoul into the semi-finals for the second year running. We then had to wait like three months before they actually drew, made the draw for the semi-final. Yeah, it was really a long time for some reason, yeah? Yeah. And then when it came out, the draw was Incheon versus Chunnam, sold away at Ulsan, which the match was only like two weeks ago, weren't they? So Yeah. So I went to the Incheon game uh, with Arthur. Uh, that was one of those games that was hugely annoying, to be perfectly honest. Um, the first nine minutes were, were pretty good, and then the next 81 were awful. And then just like literally seconds after the restart, after the extra time started, uh, Yoon Sang-ho popped up and, and gave in on the lead. Uh, and then just before, maybe like five minutes to go, but before the end, Kevin made it 2-0. And he still had to miss a penalty as well, which would have made it 3-0. So for the second time in a row, uh, Incheon won 2-0 in extra time. Uh, scored the first goal in the 91st minute. Again, yeah. So Incheon made their way to the final. At that point in time, it was obvious then that the final would be in Siam. Yeah, uh, so I'll wrap those up in normal time. For the second time in a row, they won 2-1. I, I watched this game on TV. Uh, Takahagi and Adriano took Seoul into a 2-0 lead. And then midway through the second half, Kovacic, who scored, who scored a hat-trick this week, pulled one back for Ulsan. And for the last 20 minutes or so, it was very much back to the wall for Seoul. But they survived, came away with a 2-1 win into the final for the second year in a row. Hopefully get a better, better result this year. Yeah, I mean, two years in a row in the final, two years in a row at Siam, two years in a row against a team that cannot win in your stadium. Yeah, I mean... You've got to say this one is Seoul's final. I mean, this year, Seoul have played Incheon three times. Once at once at theirs, which was a 0-0 draw, 1-0 draw. 1-0 draw, wasn't it? 1-1. One, Patrick Young's first goal. And then twice at Sangam, which were 1-0 win and a 2-0 mm. win, maybe. Last year, we beat them 5-1 and 3-1 at Sangam. Yeah. The year before that, they did actually win at Sangam. 3-2, I think. But, I mean... It, it's a stadium that they've went to recently that they've been unable to win at, yeah? I mean, the, the last two games, as you said, like 2-0, 1-0. Uh, last season, 3-1, 5-1. So, it's... even in the, it, it seems to be a place that 
Incheon really do struggle to win. Um, and in fact, the last time they won there was in 2013. Yeah, which was they got a last-minute winner for that one. So, I think looking at it, if you have a look at, at, at uh, the stats, on the 37 times that they played, they played at home 20 times, and they've won 13 of those 20 games. And drawn six. And lost just one. once. So looking at it, the money's got to be on Seoul. You've got to imagine that Seoul have got to win that game. Dude, it's Monday and you're making me feel nervous already. You've got to win that game. That's got to be like Epic Cup champions, best team in the world. I'd have to disagree with you about that. No, that, that only works when you ask us something to disagree about. Just seen it every time, doesn't actually work. Never, never, under, never underestimate Che's ability to screw things up. Yeah, I mean, like, you would never have thought Sonam would have won it last year, and, and, and they did. Um, Inchon, they've had a great run. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that game was a draw at full time. I do think it might take extra time to split. It's not going to be 5 1. So yeah, depending on your viewpoint of the So and Anyang thing, which is a, a whole podcast in itself, we might even talk about it in the, in the close season. This will be either Seoul's first or second FA Cup final. I, uh, FA Cup I, I, sus- I suspect we probably take the same point of view about it, though. I think we probably do. Yeah, uh, I believe this is Seoul's. I believe this will be Seoul's first FA Cup victory. I'd have to disagree with you. I would say this is Seoul's first FA Cup victory if it happens. Okay. Well, I disagree. I think it's the first FA Cup victory. You didn't know if what you're happens. talking about. It's, it's okay. going to be their first FA Cup victory if it happens. Okay, well, I disagree with you. I think it'll be their first. Yeah, well, I disagree with you. It's going to be their <laughs> Okay! Jamaica! Kuwait! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that almost wraps up the, 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 the podcast, I guess, for this week. Um, we do apologise that this week's podcast was sponsored by Saki. Um, we, we're sure it started well, at least the intros, maybe, and then probably towards the end, it kind of fell into a little bit of um, banality. So much for saying that that sake was like water, it hadn't affected you a bit. The sake didn't affect me until the cows were kicked in. Um, but yeah, the sake eventually hit home and I'm going to go home. With a pizza and Twix. With a pizza and a Twix. So that pretty much wraps up this week's podcast. Uh, the big match, obviously as we said, is the FA Cup final. Next big match is the Daegu Elan final. If you're a fan of uh, John Book, John Arm, Songnam, Pusa and Dejon, uh, have a nice weekend off. Uh, if you're a fan of Inchon, hope you lose. And if you're a Soul fan, I guess I'll be in amongst you dressed up as a Soul fan because it's Halloween after all. You, you want me to lend you a uniform to wear? Uh, no, your uniform wouldn't fit me. And I'm concerned you might give me your boy's school one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's the podcast, guys. As we said at the beginning, it was sponsored by Saki. Uh, we did meet and have some dinner earlier. Hopefully you've enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed the sake. And Paul, some FA Cup style music to lead us out. <laughs>